Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Hey, if you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 20. While you guys are doing that, I um, wanted to just wish all of the dads in here happy Father's Day. Uh, I love... (laughs) Yes. And, uh, man, we love you guys. Uh, It is not... Uh, really common that we're seeing good father figures, but man, you men are men that are putting yourselves in front of the word of God. You're humbling yourselves. You're submitting yourselves. You're leading your families. And so, man, uh, we are blessed as a church um, for our fathers. And so thank you for that. For the spiritual fathers to the same, uh, let's continue in the work that, um, that we are seeking to do. If you are there in Acts chapter 20, Our title for this morning is A Heart to Recover. Uh, Some of you may know this passage. This is classic where uh, uh, Eutychus uh, falls out of the window during the message. And I think that one of the things that we have to consider is just this heart to see somebody not end up in these places and stay there. And we need to dive a little deeper into what exactly does that mean for us as believers? So this is obviously going to be for a believer looking uh, at the people that we have in our lives. Uh, In Eutychus' uh, case, uh, it can be implied that he is a believer. He's going to be there hearing the teaching of the word of God. But there are some things about his (laughs) sleep problem that maybe allude to more of an issue that he is having uh, with the word of God. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll kind of look at that. What I want to do now is just look at the text and then we'll get into it. We're going to start in uh, verse four and then uh, we'll go on to uh, verse 12. It says here in uh, Acts chapter 20, and there accompanied him into Asia. So Peter of Berea and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus, and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus, and Trophimus. These going before tarried for us at Troas, and we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where there were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. And so our key points this morning are going to be these. In order for us to have a heart to recover, we need to be in the right place. We need to be attentive. We need to be mission minded. 
And what we're seeing here, obviously, chapter 20 is playing for us a lot differently than what we've seen in these previous chapters. In the previous chapters, Paul travels to a particular location. He goes in the synagogue. He preaches the word. Generally, there is an uproar of some sort. And then he's, you know, maybe uh, jailed or persecuted somehow. And then he goes to another place. This from this point on, that's pretty much the end of that uh, uh, ministry work that he's going to be doing. And I think what we're really looking at is he is traveling to these places knowing that he won't be returning to them again. Now, again, remember in the chapters we're looking at, we're talking about great spans of time. And because of the travel of the day, they don't have cars or airplanes. And so things take particularly long. But we can just look back through the text and see that he has been to Macedonia. He's been to Greece, Asia. That's going to include, obviously, uh, Philippi and, uh, and Thess- uh, Thessalonica. And so he's spending some time in these places just to make sure because he can't be back there again. I want to make sure that I invest the word of God in a mighty way. Okay. So you have to understand just, this is something that we kind of see at this church and where we want to make that investment in Tampa and Boston and whenever Vietnam uh, kicks off, then we'll have teams that will go there and kind of do that, you know, where you're just, Hey, Let me encourage you. Let me remind you. Now, what we also can take away from this is something really important also is the team of individuals. It says in verse four, and they're accompanying him into Asia. So Peter of Berea, Aristarchus, Secundus, and Gaius of Derby, Timotheus. We know him, Pastor Timothy of, uh, of Asia, Tychicus, and Trophimus. The other thing that this is highlighting for us is that the ministry will not die because Paul will not be around. This is obviously critical. We kind of looked at this last time when we were just talking about the need to make an investment so that the ministry will continue on. And so, yes, we're not at the point where we're talking about Paul's death. There are still yet more adventures for our dear Paul. But the writing is on the wall. And so now we find ourselves at Troas and it says for us, just as a reminder, and we sailed away from Philippi and after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days and where we abode seven days. So this trip, remember last time we said, boy, that's a, it took you five days to get there and you only spend seven days. I mean, we generally don't like to travel like that. You know, you want to spend some time. But Paul Redeeming the time, which is what our, our topic was last time, Paul redeeming the time, sees it as necessary and takes full advantage of it. And so as we kind of uh, get into our study, again, that first key point we said was be in the right place. And there's something I want to just kind of leave with you. And as we dive into this in Psalms one, one through three, it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I very much think that this is a great description of our dear Paul. He is somebody that despite the uh, Jewish opposition or even the growing Gentile opposition with Rome and, and how they're starting to look at Christianity, his way has prospered. And so in verse seven, when we see, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. See, it is absolutely Paul's delight to be an apostle that God called him to be. And it is with that heart attitude that he ministers to the brethren at Troas. See, I think before a lot of times, sometimes, you know, we, we think we see issues that are going on with people, but we're not necessarily in the right place ourselves. You can't really offer them any help. See, Paul is about the book. He's about the gospel. He's about making disciples. And he's also about making sure that he goes back to visit his spiritual children. He is in the right place. It's something that we can very much learn for ourselves. Now, there's a little bit of housekeeping I want you to just understand as you're looking at here also that the disciples came together for the Lord's Supper. So that breaking of bread there is not just to eat. And something else that is really critical that you want to kind of pay attention to is it says the first day of the week. Okay, so this is the day after the Sabbath. So the Sabbath starts on Saturday. And if you got you, um, you count out uh, uh, seven days, this works out. So now what are we seeing? We're starting to see the formation of, of what we're doing now. That Sunday is important. There's another importance to this that you also want to take note of. And uh, Matthew, did I get ahead of myself? I did. Okay, uh, Matthew 28, one, I, I may not have any or most write this down. It says, in the end of the Sabbath, this is super critical. As it began to dawn day toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Who are they looking for? Our risen Lord is on that Sunday. So this harkens back to, which is why there is a focus to make Sunday important. You will see also in, in Revelations as the Lord's Day. And so now you're just seeing that this is kind of just threaded in to this text. This focus. This is a farewell message. If you notice, he's continued his speech until midnight. That is a, that's a long conference. <laughs> But here's the other thing in terms of that understanding that being in the right place and a desire of your heart, what is coming out of him is everything that he can possibly think of to give them to make sure that they are ready for the war that they have been thrown into as a result of their trust in Jesus Christ. Paul is a spiritual father. He loves his kids. And he wants to make sure that they have everything that they have. In verse eight, it says, there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. Take note of in verse seven, it says that they came together. And then in verse eight, that they gathered together. So here's the question on the floor. Do you prioritize fellowship the way this early church does? 
See, that's how you start to be in the right place. When we treat our attendance as if it was optional, listen, I, how am I going to help anybody recover if I don't have the word of God for myself? If I treat Bible study that way, if I treat showing up to discipleship, any of those things where the word of God is going to be open and you're going to get truth, you have to start having that be the priority. It cannot just be that churches just have Super Bowl parties. Those things are fun and necessary. But listen, true fellowship happens when the word of God is open. There is a priority here that is being mapped out for us. Be in the right place. Man, hear what it is that God would have you to hear. Our next key point here is be attentive. Let me go back. Okay. Be attentive. In Acts 20, verse 28, it says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made ye overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. Now, contextually, we understand this to be a directive to leaders, but if you are ever looking to become a leader, you have to embrace being an overseer. You can't just look at God's people as like, that's for somebody else. I don't want to really fool with other people's issues. Ministry work is dirty work. Your hands will get filthy. They're just, there ain't no getting around it. It involves people. We got baggage. We got things that need to be undone. And so this being attentive is critical because it's going to play into exactly what it is that Paul is going to have to do just in looking at this scenario with Eutychus. Think about it. Set the stage. Now, just imagine if Pastor Sam is preaching in main service and somebody is sitting in a window and then they fall out of it. Do you think that would be disruptive for service? Would you think that there would be a possibility for your flesh to respond in a way that is upset? Absolutely. There's opportunity there, but man, we're going to see a response. Well, first we need to focus on Eutychus. See, he sat in the window and I want you to know something about his name. It means fortunate. <laughs> now, <laughs> which is kind of funny, right? You think like, I don't know. Maybe his name should be uh, not so fortunate, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, the details of this verse in particular, I want us to kind of look at. It says, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep. Man, you notice how it mentioned that kind of twice. There's something, there's something to that. It fell down from the third loft. I want to tell you guys the third loft is three stories, y'all. Three stories. I wouldn't recommend this. <laughs> Definitely would not recommend it. And then it says, and was taken up dead. So the first thing that I want you to take from this is he could have sat in a safer place. You trying to tell me, brother, nobody scoot over for you to sit on the floor. 
I've been on an international stage and I've heard messages and nobody cares where if you are sitting a half an inch from somebody, nobody cares. <laughs> okay. Nobody cares. Only in America do we care that you're in my space kind of thing, right? Not on the international stage. Nobody cares. You could have sat in a separate place, but look, that speaks to his lack of discernment. See, there's more here than just the fact that this guy fell out of a window. Remember, it's interesting is this being our second point, be attentive, attentive he is not. Psalm 119, 117 says, hold thou me up and I shall be safe. And I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Preaching is going on and this brother fell asleep. You see, in that, well, that verse, it'll slap you around a little bit. <laughs> Hold thou me up and I shall be safe, it says. And I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. This is not a place that Eutychus is at at, at, at this time of his life. He is overcome with sleep, but really he should be overcome with peace. In John 16, 33, it says, these things have I spoken to you that in me, you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See sleep and peace. One, they kind of sound similar and you'd like to, you know, a lot of times, you know, you wake up in the morning, your, your husband, or your wife, or maybe you ask the kids, do you get restful sleep? And, you know, sometimes they answered yes. Um, this is not a time. <laughs> he did, clearly didn't get good rest. You fell out of a window, brother. That's, that was not a restful nap. And I like the one thing is that in terms of a trade-off and even just the sleepiness that can come upon us, how we can be lulled to sleep in our spiritual walk where you just as asleep at the wheel. It's a dangerous place to be. The only way that I find rest, y'all, is in Jesus Christ. So if I don't, if I don't make my advance towards the Lord, then, then essentially now I'm trying to manufacture my own peace, my own rest. Maybe I will succumb to my own peace or my own rest. And the next thing I find myself is I'm not even at church. I have nothing to do with the body of Christ. I have nothing to do with his word because I'm asleep at the wheel. I don't want that kind of peace arrest. The dangerousness of the peace that he manufactured for himself got him out of a window three stories up. I hope you're paying attention. Because, guys, we can fall into these same traps. The other thing that I want you to take away from this is his sleep is an issue. And there are some verses there for you to write down and pay attention to. See, on, on that Jonah 1, 5, and 6, the issue is, is there's not a care for the conditions around him. And the word of God is being taught. And in Jonah, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to light it off of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, what meanest thou, O sleeper? 
I love that response. I mean, like, you know, it's so modern in terms of that. Hey, <laughs> get up, man. I like that they knew that this is his fault. <laughs> Arise, call upon thy God. If so, be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Eutychus. Christian. Do you have a care for the conditions around you? If I don't desire that fellowship, if I don't desire the fact that the word of God is being taught, the absolute authority by which I live my life, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm getting drowsy at least. It's something we should pay attention to. The other thing that's kind of interesting is he doesn't care about whom he is co-laboring with. Now, you know, this is going to be rough. <laughs> Matthew. Oh Lord. <laughs> 26, 40 and 41. And he come unto them to, unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, what could you not watch me with me one hour? Lord. Those are the kind of questions you don't want to hear from the Lord, right? <laughs> How do you answer that? You don't. Please be quiet. Just don't even, you just shh. <laughs> let it pass over. <laughs> but seriously, it's Jesus having to ask our dear Peter. And man, you know, Peter turned it around, man. I mean, on fire. But I think he would ask us the same question. Could you not watch with me one hour? Boy, it's like our time is so valuable when the Lord asks of our time and time to meet with him and, and how we consider time in the morning, time for church, time for Bible study, time in prayer. Boy, aren't we terrible with time in prayer? And the Lord could ask the very same question. Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not pray to me and ask me to sort your day out, to guide your steps, to give you the words? to make sure you are prepared and ready to say and do whatever it is I'm going to have you do today. Could you not just for a moment get with me? Man. See, it's like sometimes we forget who we're around and, and whom we get to co-labor with. It is the Lord Jesus. Eutychus, wake up, man. You in the presence of the very word of God being taught and given by Paul, who is infamous, not famous, <laughs> right? But I'm getting sleepy. I'm overcome with it. Last one. Man, there's not a care on Eutychus to be even found sleeping. One of the things, you know, that's kind of interesting is the uh, church head knot, you know, and you, you do the, you know, it's always the eyes. And then sometimes you look around like, did somebody see me? Because <laughs> I almost broke my neck off, neck off like a Pez dispenser, you know, <laughs> <You're just> like... <laughs> and so listen, listen, this one, this one hit me in the stomach too, Mark. Why we got to go in the Gospels for these? Y'all, see, mm. it's because the Lord is trying to tell you something. 
Mark 13, 35, and 36. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. <sighs> mm. See, the Lord, you know, he's not sending out a message like I'm on my way. You know, stand outside, I'm about to pick you up. <laughs> we do that. Because we don't want to, we don't want to wait for whoever we're getting a ride to, right? Now the Lord, he's like, no, I want to catch you. What are you doing? And you know, I again, our fortunate brother. <laughs> it's not, I'm trying, I'm not trying to bury him, but I want you to understand. Why, why do we even care about this? The Lord wrote this down for us to study and consider. Eutychus, brother, wake up. Don't be around in this great space where you get to be around various leaders, the early church. You know, Father Paul is there. Man, all this team is there. Timothy and all the Aristarchus, all these guys are there. And you sleep. Something to that. Something we should consider. In verse 10, it says, and Paul went down after he obviously fell out of the window. Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him and said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him now. I want to point out something there for you. This is, you guys are familiar with this. This is like when Elijah had to kind of do something similar. And it says here, and he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray thee. Now don't miss the fact that he said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray thee. See what you could mistakenly think is that somehow Whatever is about to transpire between Eutychus laying there as dead, three stories, probably bloody. I mean, this is Troas. I'm sure the ruins and all that look nice, but uh, it's not like it's mulch or something waiting for him. It's rocks, stones, right? It has to go down. And so now this is that attentiveness on our side to be paying attention to our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is when you get your radar up and you got to be paying attention like, oh, wait a minute. This needs me to be praying about. And listen, we need to stop treating prayer like it's the uh, secondary option. It is the first option. It's the first thing that I should be doing at any distress that may be going on because I don't have the answer. So I want to beseech the Lord and say, give me the answer. And maybe the answer is pray. We should be good with that. Let's see how the rest of this narrative works out. He says there, oh, Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him. And the Lord, listen, heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. See, Listen. You got to understand the Lord is a, is a prayer answering God. I love that Paul stopped what he was doing. 
with all his burning heart's desire to make sure that these ministers at Troas had everything of him and that he gave of himself completely and totally. This was such a, a, a huge shift in the attitude of what was going on that Paul had to address it himself. He had ministers he could have sit down. No, he went to do something about it. Man, does the Lord sometimes have you in a situation, believer, that you got to address it. You got to be the one that talks to that person, maybe give them a call, encourage them, give the gospel, invite them back to church, invite them to Bible study. Be attentive. See, here's the thing. Being attentive means I got to look up and that way I'm not just looking at myself all the time. If my prayer requests sound like lists to benefit me and me only, I'm not praying right. I'm just telling you. There has to be this transition, a switch in our minds that says, I see the needs in others. Guys, if we cannot, at the bare minimum, do that with the household of faith, how are we going to do that for the loss? It's like I've said before, on some level, when we look at the loss, man, if you just look at your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we're seeing all this crazy stuff that's going on, drag queens showing up at kids, programs and all that, all you do is look in judgment. As if it would be justified that they go to hell. Would it be justified for you to go? Guys, we need, to, we, need to be, we need to be broken for those around us. The Lord was, and right here we see that Paul, the same. Let me go down and address this situation. It needs attention. I want to give it that. The other thing that you have to understand about this, I'll just give you this reference, is in John 11, 11 and, and 40. And ultimately, I'm just going to just to shorten that for you. So what's on display? What happens when you go and you attend? It's not that you are the answer man or answer woman, that you are this great minister of God that needs glory. Nope. What you're doing is just putting yourself in a position to give God glory. And see, what I want y'all to do is I want you to be interested in having lives that sacrifice on your end so that the Lord can get what he wants out of you. That's what true attentiveness would look like. And so last thing, last key point is to be mission-minded. In Psalm 1914, it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Seeing being mission-minded is to be aware that what you are doing is unto the Lord. You have to remember that. One of the things that has just been tearing me up, and I, and I excuse me, I'm, I'm, I, I forget the places, I just thought of it. In Numbers, I believe it's 24 and verse 19. Somebody look at that, just nod if that's right. But essentially, there is, at the end of the book of Joshua, there is a statement where Joshua is given an opportunity for Israel to follow the Lord. And so essentially, 
corporately, they agree to do that. And the thing that he says that tear is tearing me up <laughs> is he said, you are witnesses against yourselves because you chose to serve the Lord. And I, man, listen, I absolutely believe wholeheartedly. If we start remembering that you're not just helping out in, um, you know, Farrell or Sam or me, if I ask you or whatever, you know, pastor asked you to do something around here that ultimately when you saying yes in ministry, you're saying it yes to the Lord. And there's a vow that he expects you to fulfill. So I don't get to just opt out whenever I don't feel like it or I don't want to. That is absolutely Paul's heart. Yes, he was in the right space. He knew what it was. His heart is is for the people. He wants to make sure that they have all of him and that whatever the Lord told him, that he would just freely give that, that he would help to grow and mature that church and grow it up. He's attentive. It changed the direction of what he was teaching and, and like, oh, we got to deal with this situation. And he goes down to look at it, but then don't miss this. Verse 11. And when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till the break of day, so he departed. That he is Paul. Paul goes back up. I'm not done. He didn't just say, well, that was too much for me. I'm out. Y'all crazy. Stop sleeping in windows. I'm out. <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. That's not what he did. Paul addressed the situation, but listened, but was not distracted from the mission. Those believers at Troas absolutely needed that time with him. They needed to be encouraged. They needed to be refreshed. And he was well aware of that. And so he gave himself to that. See, I, I have a note here for myself. Note to us to stay on task. See to what is needed, beseech the Lord in prayer, proceed in full faith of God's wisdom and power, and then get back to the mission. That's how, listen, you got, I will say it again. In order for us to stay on task, see to what is needed. It's not somebody else's job. It's yours. If the Lord put it in front of you, that is for you to look into. Handle it. It's your family, not mine. Now, I'm going to join you in prayer, but you have to show up. You have to be willing to say, I'm, I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I'm going to pray for you. Hey, can I meet you after church for a coffee? What's going on? See to what is needed. The next thing was beseech the Lord in prayer. Sometimes that phone call is just one of those things where you're like, okay, I, now I got the information. The next thing I'm going to do is pray because I don't have an answer for you. This is above my pay grade. And that's okay. Go to the actual Bible answer man.
After you beseech the Lord in prayer, you need to understand some. Proceed in full faith of God's wisdom and power. Listen, I don't want to just heave up prayers and then my next response is just faithlessness. Because you might have to encourage that individual that you're helping out to be faithful. Because they're already trembling. But you know the God that you have beseeched, right? Proceed in full faith of God's wisdom and power. I worded that like that on purpose because I want you to understand it's in truth and it's in the spirit. Can't do that in the flesh. I got my word. Sometimes you just need to get that data and you just, okay, let me flip my pages. Blue letter, help me. <laughs> right? And you go through your, okay, I got it. I got the word, the key word I wanted. Isn't it interesting sometimes when you have to give counsel or just help that the Holy Spirit brings a verse to your mind? And it's like, it's like it's doing this in your head. And you're like, uh, hang on a second. <laughs> you flip there and you're like, yes, that works. <laughs> you know, let me give you this truth. Listen, we want to get in the habit of absolutely giving people truth. Call people up to the word of God. That's the standard. You don't create the standard for them. There's already one that exists far superior to your own. So use that. The next thing we said was get back to the mission. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, people that are in a mess want you to linger in their mess. Uh-uh. No, you don't have time for that. Matter of fact, invite them out of their mess to come and get in a good, quiet, sound place. And listen, I understand that a lot of times, especially when we're dealing with our lost friends or even friends that have had difficulty with, you know, say like leaders in church, that's a hard uh, ask. But in faith, ask. Hey, come to church, come to prayer with me. Let's do this thing together. Because if not, are you, all you're going to do is just run around in a circle and keep just talking about this thing. And, oh, woe is me. And I'm a victim. And ain't nobody got time for that. Okay. That's exhaustive. There's a point where you just have to just say, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I need to walk away from it. Isn't that what you did when you got saved? Why is it any different now? He got back to the mission and he got back on the road. <laughs> I like that. It just ends. And so he departed. <laughs> right. All right. Two fingers. I'm out. <laughs> you know, love y'all. We had a good time. Good food. Eutychus is, is, is back. I got to keep going though. Cause I have more of my children. I need to minister to. And last verse, verse 12, because Eutychus, we're not done here. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Notice the young man left, was not left in his state of lifelessness, nor was he prohibited from fellowship. He was not left in his state of lifelessness, nor was he prohibited from fellowship. Guys, we got to have that. It may feel like I'm talking about it a lot because listen, 
sometimes just showing up here feels like I slid in the home plate. Ain't nothing been said. And then I can't, somebody at the door greeted me with a smile. And whatever happened earlier in the day is starting to go away. And then the music starts. I see another brother or sister. I get a hug. And I don't even remember what happened. This is home plate. You got to have priority on that fellowship. Isaiah 40. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Second Thessalonians 2.16 says this. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which have loved us and have given us everlasting consolation. Isn't that good? Everlasting consolation. It don't run out. See, this is the thing that goes directly against you feeling like a victim or, the, or like you got a gray cloud over your head or like somehow the Lord always tips the scales against you. Not when this verse says, has given us everlasting consolation. And it's not done. <laughs> and good hope through grace. Because if nothing else, what's the hope? Please come and get me. Whenever you're ready, I've been ready. <laughs> right? Let's go. Can it be today, Lord? Right? And so this is how I want to leave you. Do you have a heart to recover? When you look out at the believers around you, the lost around you, is your heart truly for them? Do you really lift them up in prayer? Have you reached out? It's one thing to take note of who's not sitting next to you, perhaps this Sunday, but what are you going to do about it? Just formulate an opinion? Or actually reach out and say, hey, how you doing? You all right? You need something? Didn't see you at church today. I miss you. I like sitting next to you. Man, if you come with that authenticity and genuineness, man, you're not, nobody's going to bite your head off. The other thing I want you to come away with, though, is this. Because I don't want you to feel like somehow this is going to leapfrog you. Your life is a mess and full of foolishness. And now that somehow you have been given license by me to speak truth into people's lives. So here's the next question. Are you in the right place? I mean, spiritually and mentally, man, listen, Paul laid that foundation. He could be used of God because he was where he was supposed to be. He has the right heart for people. He has the right heart for the Lord. He understands who he made a vow to. Do you remember? Are you in the same space? Last thing. We should be prepared to comfort those in need around us. But the source has to be through the spirit or else it comes off disingenuous. You're not an ambulance service. If you really want to see and you want to be used of God in that way, you have to have that heart. You got to be in the right place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you um, just for today. And Lord, just the consideration of your word and, and looking really at this event and, and seeing the, the various priorities that are in place and 
and really just from through Paul, you know, how it is, uh, how he prioritizes um, when he said yes to you in ministry. And so father, we are humbled by that, his example. And, and obviously it's not to highlight him, but really, I mean, it's doable. <laughs> He's human just like us. And so father, I pray that we would just consider what it is that we've heard this morning that we would look inside and just see, do we have a heart for people? Or do we just say it? Uh, do we want to see people return back to a good place of life, vitality, uh, soberness of mind? And uh, Father, would you use us as instruments um, just to do your bidding in this world? Lord, help us to always consider where we stand with you. Are we right with you? What things need to be put away or shed off in us? Um, Lord, that just really kind of uh, make things murky. Father, help us um, to be children that desire to be um, where the Lord is and just to be in a good place. Um, and so, Lord, help us through our trials, our mental space. And Lord, thank you just for your hand always being open towards us. Lord, help us to also see that no condemnation that you're always reaching out for us. Lord, thank you for what you've done in this narrative here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.